You're listening to Japanese Baptist Church in Seattle, Washington. Hi, JBC. So for、uh, today's message, we're going to be talking about the final installment of this series about walking with Jesus, where we've been using、um, the read aloud stories as a guidebook of walking alongside Jesus and seeing what Jesus、uh, has done in ministry and how we can learn from that. But before I get into the message, I wanted to talk about a couple of important things. Next week, we're going to have a very special service where the pastors from Seattle First Baptist and Mount Zion Baptist will be joining us and we'll be having a special joint service online. And we'll be using footage that is taken from different churches and we'll be sharing it across all three churches. So we'll be all watching similar content at the same time. I'm excited to have Reverend、uh, Dr. Patricia Hunter. Giving the message next week, and also we'll be doing something very special. We usually do Zoom communion, but this time we're going to do a pre recorded Zoom that's officiated by Reverend Tim Phillips and Reverend Dr. Patricia Hunter、uh, and myself, and we will all be officiating communion. So we encourage you for next week to bring the communion elements to the service, and at the end of the service, we will all be able to partake together as we lead this. And it's an exciting thing because these three churches are historically very significant and they have a very beautiful history together. And all three pastors, we have committed anew this year to affirm our partnership and to grow in our partnership. And so you're going to see more of this、uh, in the days to come that、uh, Seattle First and Mount Zion and JBC will all be partnering and helping do ministry in the Central District,、uh, Capitol Hill, and beyond. The other thing I want to mention is that we're going to be having a town hall meeting soon, and I strongly encourage you, you've heard some of the details and the announcements. And we encourage you to come out and to listen to that, whether it be through、uh, video conferencing or by phone, because we want to give a lot of announcements of、uh, how the church is going to move forward、uh, in this time. Knowing that we're in a long season with the pandemic. Uh, how is JBC going to be a church in this time? And so we want to give some updates on that. So、uh, be sure to attend to that, and、uh, we will have time for questions and for interaction and for people to share their thoughts. So we're looking forward to hearing from you all. Okay, so let's get on to the message. Today's message is from the story about the ten lepers. And It brings into the whole question the discipline of Thanksgiving because the, one, the ten people were healed, but only one person gave thanks. And Jesus brings note to this. And this is something that I want to focus on because Thanksgiving is such an essential part of the Christian life. Yet it's probably one of the most difficult things to do. And why Thanksgiving is so important? It's because when we don't give thanks, we miss out. On what Jesus is doing in our lives. It's interesting how I have pastored in different contexts and I have met many people who are grateful. But I've noticed that there's almost like a difference between just being grateful all the time and being thankful. What do I mean by this? I, I think,、uh, you know, it's all just semantics. I think there's differences in what people think, but I feel like grateful. Can be just this feeling, and it's very a passive thing. It's just like, wow, that's great. I'm glad that happened. How fortunate. How lucky am I? 
But there's something about thankful. I think true thankfulness moves us to a stance of gratitude that actively recognizes there's goodness in our life and then we do something about it. And our lives are forever changed by it. And that's how I want to talk about today. You see, all of the lepers were amazed, but only one recognized the true source of this miracle of being healed. And I think for all of us, if we're honest, even in a time of pandemic, we have all been blessed in a number of ways. But it's very easy for us to lose sight of where the blessings came from. Our memory can be short when we think about the past and the present. I know sometimes I've uh, worked with people and they have just cried out to me and they've cried fervently in prayer about a crisis they were going through. And soon after the crisis is over, I found that they just weren't really interacting with God that much, not praying as much, not really kind of um, devoting and seeking their lives after God. And it's funny how we are crying for the move of God in our life and we finally see it. Um, we're so grateful, but if there were, there's not a sustained awareness of like Thanksgiving, it feels like it can just quickly disappear. There's been numerous times where people have come to me in times of crisis and I have really tried to pray with them and work with them. And it's a really powerful time. And I've often gotten, uh, oaths and promises that I will always be following Jesus. I'm so thankful for this. And soon after, they're gone. I don't know what happened to them. And I'd like to think of it sort of like, um, we have a memory that is in the mind, but we also have what I call like a spiritual memory of the heart. And my kind of theory is that our spiritual memories are very short term. And it really requires a discipline to continue to remind our spiritual memory of where we come from, so that it can give us courage for whatever uh, current challenge we have. To call upon our spiritual memory, to say, remember how God moved in your life back then, so that you can face the current challenges today. Because many of us suffer from spiritual memory loss, if you will. And when we do that, we forget and we panic when we face a new challenge. We don't know if God's going to come through because we've forgotten how God comes through in the past. We've forgotten um, the stories of God, the, the narrative of God in the scriptures and the Bible. And as a result, we have nothing to draw on to give us courage for the present and the future. And I think it's interesting in this story we're reading that the only person who remembered Jesus is the foreigner. And the foreigner is a Samaritan. Now this is really scandalous because that's implying all the others were Jews and that they were all part of the established religion at the time. And Jesus has his rebuke often for the faithfully religious in the Gospels. And the faithful religious are the ones who are always attending their services, were always there in the community, who knew the Bible words, who knew the catchphrases, who knew the culture. And I can't help but feel this is a strong rebuke even for America. Many people say America is a Christian country. Um, there's generations and generations of Christians. And what would Jesus say to all of that? Well, Jesus would say, well, then I would expect you to be the most faithful to the scriptures. But isn't it strange how when you have religion so part of your life and you just kind of expect it and you go through the motions, you can get so jaded to it. 
And it's only those on the outside who have a true, dynamic, living faith. Because it's not something they take for granted. It's not something they're jaded about. And this is a stern rebuke to all church-going Christians, is that we can get comfortable in our faith to the point that we can't even recognize the miracle of Jesus. We just receive it, we're grateful, and then we move on. But it was this strange foreigner who knew that this is something special, something amazing, something profound. And before he did anything, he made sure that he recognized where this miracle came from. And so what I want to challenge all of us today is to take up the discipline of thanksgiving anew. It's not just about being grateful. It's about this active discipline of recognizing, reminding, and cherishing God's grace in your life. And I think this is so important right now. I know we are living in less than perfect circumstances. I know when you talk to... Um, a lot of people, it's easy to start getting into these conversations where you are bemoaning that you can't do this or you can't do that or we don't have access to this or that. Um, I know that people watching uh, church service on a screen and not being together in person is woefully inadequate. There are so many things to be frustrated and upset about. And so couldn't you argue that now more than ever, we need to recover the discipline of thanksgiving. Because if we don't, our souls are going to wither and go into despair. The way you survive this long marathon of what we are experiencing right now is to lean into this very important discipline of thanksgiving. And I want to talk about these three things of thanksgiving that are very important for us right now. And the first is recognizing the movement of God in our lives. I remember once when I was pastoring, I went to a memorial service and one of the eulogies was talking about a friend of our church. And he talked about all these amazing things that happened in her life. And he kind of concluded at the end of it is that she was just born under a lucky star. And, um, now, of course, he wasn't Christian, but he just recognized that this woman had a lot of wonderful blessings in her life. And just kind of looking at her from afar, he's like, well, I guess it's a lucky start. And, uh, and that was all he shared. And I wonder if sometimes we do that in our own life is that, wow, you know, that's cool. That's great. I'm glad that happened to me. And we just dismiss it as a lucky star of some sort. But could we also, the, the sad thing about this whole service was, People didn't recognize that she had a faith, a long, faithful, enduring trust in Jesus. And it was that relationship of God, I believe, that led her to pursue God and to recognize that God had done these wonderful things in her life. In your life, in my life, we have many wonderful blessings. What would it be like if we changed it around and thought of the scripture from James that says that every good and perfect gift is from the Father of lights. What an amazing thing to change your perspective, to think that all of the good and perfect blessings that we have in our life are actually movements of God, reminders of God's grace and God's love for you. Then all of a sudden, it starts to change your perspective and your understanding of who you are and who God is. 
See, that's what Thanksgiving does. Thanksgiving, once we begin to recognize the source of our thanks, we recognize that good things come from God and that God is at work in our life. Which leads to the second thing, to remember God's movement in the past. I've shared this before, and one thing that my mother often tells me when we are uh, exchanging prayer requests or she's hearing out and doing a ministry, she likes to remind me is that, you know, if God has been good this far, God's not going to give up now. If God has blessed you this much in the past, then why would God stop doing that now? And it's a familiar phrase. I have it memorized. I know it. But it's funny. Whenever she says it, it's a reminder, and I have to learn it again. A lot of times, we try and find courage for what we're facing right now just from our own resources, from our own strength. But that is what the Bible is for. That is what our testimonies are for. It is so important to remember that God has moved in your past and in your life so that when you're going through that hard time today, right now, maybe you're even thinking about something that you're going through as you're listening to this, to know that God has proven faithful in the past, that God can do it today. And when you are thankful and you remember what God has done in the past, and thankful for it, it can give you the strength for today. And we are facing an unprecedented challenge in this pandemic, but also we have an eternal faithful living God that we know. Remember the beautiful things that God has done in your life. Those, have, those are still feeding into your life and draw strength from that because you know that same loving God is present with you now to face the current challenges. And the third thing, the last thing I want to share about the discipline of thanksgiving is that it is about cherishing God's blessing. And how do you cherish God's blessing? I think one of the best ways you can do to cherish something is to talk about it. Um, as some of you might know, uh, you know, Rhea and I, we uh, love to eat food and you know, something that we'll do when we eat something good is like we talk about like how it's good. Um, when I like music or something, I love to talk about like why I love it, why it's good. And as I talk about it, I realize I'm talking about it because I'm praising it, I'm enjoying it, I'm cherishing it. And one of the worst things I know is that when we get something good, we don't really want to talk about it. And I know in some Asian cultures, it's maybe it doesn't feel... Uh, very modest, like when you talk about things, like you just want to keep it to yourself. But when we just keep it to ourselves, what ends up happening is that we don't actually give ourselves permission to really enjoy and cherish something. And while the world may find that very honorable and admirable, it's not a Christian virtue. You see, Christ has called us to deeply enjoy the good things of God. And we deeply enjoy them by talking about them. And talking about them is not just for ourselves, but it's also for those around us. You see, when we get something good, an appropriate biblical response, as we read here, is that you talk about it. You tell people about it. You think where it comes from. You tell other people about it. Let the news spread. And this is, in fact, how the gospel spread in the early church, how the church was formed. People 
would talk about it. People would cherish the good news of God. There are good things happening in your life right now. And we are all just cut off from social distancing, trying to stay safe. But you can still find ways to talk about the goodness of God. Friends, I want to really challenge you right now to, to be bold and to be brave, to cherish what God is doing in your life. Talk to yourself. Recognize, hey, this isn't just an accident or a coincidence. This is a beautiful move of God. And as I talk about it, I'm filled with thanksgiving as I enjoy this blessing that I have from God. And then it's very appropriate to talk to people about it. Look at how God has blessed me. I am so thankful. You see, this thankfulness is not for yourself, but this thankfulness is about God and about God's goodness. I know right now, one of the greatest gifts we can give people in this time of great discouragement and isolation is to hear that God is alive and doing beautiful and good things in people's lives. Talk about it. Share about it. And it's interesting, it begins to multiply and more people begin to see God and more people begin to give thanks and more people begin to cherish. This is the beautiful thing about Thanksgiving is it is a gift that you give unto people and it multiplies. And it also multiplies in your own spirit. And one of the most wonderful things it multiplies is it multiplies worship and awe and gratitude to God and to each other. We're living in hard times. And one of the best ways we can get through hard times is to grow in the discipline of thanksgiving. Let us all be brave and open with our hearts and give thanks unto God. Amen.